Meeting Tom Cruise is a production of the Dan Patrick Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. You know, one of my favorite topics is my Tommy, <laughs> and I will discuss him with like-minded individuals whenever possible. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise is the greatest movie star of all time. He's the first actor to have six consecutive $100 million grossing films. He's shrouded in mystery, and yet to many is one of the nicest and hardest working people. We love Tom Cruise. We are inspired by Tom Cruise. And while we work in Hollywood, we've never actually met Tom Cruise. So we're going to talk to some people who have. We'll hear some great stories, and maybe, just maybe, one of them one day will lead us to the man himself so that we can have stories of our own. Our own stories of meeting Tom Cruise. Hey, uh, Joel, do, do me a favor and just read that text I sent you. What? Te- what? You sent me- uh, the text. Yeah, just look at your phone. Yeah, just uh, you read me- it. Oh, okay. Hang on, yeah. hang on. And face recognition. Okay. Uh, oh, here we go. Now I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce you to our commanding officer here at Meeting Tom Cruise, Uh the very first man to win the best podcast of all time about Tom Cruise trophy. You will not find a finer podcast host anywhere in the world, Commander Jeff Meacham, call sign... Peaches. Peaches, that's me. Oh, Joel, you shouldn't have. That's such a nice <laughs> intro. Welcome all you TC fanatics and people that are not to the season finale of Meeting Tom Cruise, a podcast where we teach you to respect the cruise and tame the podcast. I'm your award-winning host, <laughs> Jeff Meacham. What award, you ask? Well, in high school, I once won the award for least demonic smile. Don't be jelly, and I'm not kidding. Also with me is the Guinevere to my TJ Mackey. His hair adds a solid three inches to his height. He'll forever be the goose to my Mav. He's Joel Johnstone. I think I'm going on four inches now. I think I'm going Look on at four. that hair. It's got its Look own personality. Yeah. Unbelievable. Joel, did you ever win a, a seniority in high school? Do you remember the seniorities? Like, I was, I was most likely to be famous. Nailed it. Uh, did you get any of those? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yours would have been like most likely to play puck in a community theater production um, of Midsummer. It Something wasn't. Like. It wasn't made public. But one of my teachers went time. This is off the record. Honestly, he okay. said this man. We were we were on it. This is one of my grade school teachers. I'm instantly uncomfortable. Go ahead. Hey, hey, Joel. If you live to 21, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Like he wasn't even trying to make a joke. Like we, I was, we were on a bike trip. Like our families were all friends, and I, I like cut in front of this car, and he just shook his head. He was like, "Seriously, Joel, if you live to the twenty one, I will give you a thousand dollars." Have you ever taken it? Do you ever get that money? Did you ever collect? No, no. no all right, no, no, all right. No, also no. with us is our little but fierce producer. See how I kept the midsummer references going there? That's because I'm a pro. <laughs> He's the Iago of this podcast. He'll gladly kill a unicorn. He's Alec Lev. Alec, feeling particularly rotten today? I mean, what's up? I'm fine. Can we just, can we just, we're so close to the end, man. Boy, did you yeah. nail that. You Ooh. really nailed, you're, really? you're bringing it today, Alec. Wow. This so is it. Thanks for your input, I get, Alec. I get to sleep soon. Guys, I was thinking about Tom Cruise this week because we're recording this podcast on a very special day in American history. Today. Yeah. What, what is day is that? Other. What day? And National Underwear Day. 
Really important That's day in American history. Really, no. it is. Uh, Tom Cruise, Ooh. of course, made famous for wearing underwear in the uh, uh, most probably. I mean, he's probably the reason why we have National Underwear Day because of risky right. businesses. Right. Sure. Old time rock and roll. Bob Seger, famous dancing. We should have a National you know. Bob Seger Day. Is what we should have. I, you know what, guys? No. I to be honest with you, I couldn't name a single other Bob Seger I'm song. With, so I don't. I'm with Jeff. Against the wind. Hey, Jeff. Is there other Tom Cruise underwear stories you have? Oh my oh. God, Alec! You make everything <laughs> awful. You're you're the you're a dark stain in my underwear. All right, so um, <laughs> so I guess we got to talk about Tom Cruise's underwear then. So he did that. Let's talk about our yeah. other favorite Tom Cruise underwear scene, which is of course <laughs> I didn't know we were going there today, but yeah, okay. no, that's what yeah, we're going to go with. We're going to go well, with we Tom got Tom Cruise. Cruise's undies. We got Top Gun. Well, that's the one. So if if people haven't listened to this podcast before, we believe one of the most uh, ridiculous scenes of all time is where Tom right after Goose dies. 45 yep, goose has been dead for shaving. He's taking a shave. He's taking a shave. He's in his undies yep. and uh, uh, Viper walks in and just says the most obvious thing of all time, which is goose is dead. Uh, thanks buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that coming when I saw his neck snap in 15 different places and I still can taste his blood in my mouth and I saw his spine get ripped up like predator. I didn't see that coming. Tom Skerritt. <laughs> he seems very angry. Uh, here's another Tom Cruise underwear scene that I didn't know about because this is how ridiculous of a Tom Cruise fan I am. I typed in the words and there was a risk in this. Oh God. I just typed into the interweb Tom Cruise underwear. That could have gone really bad. But uh, do you guys remember there's a there's a full underwear scene in Rain Man when they're driving in the car. And if you remember, Raymond says, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have the right underwear today. It's part in that early sequence when, when he's just bothered by everything. And he says, and, and we learn quickly that uh, Raymond is a boxer brief man. He's like, oh, I need my boxer briefs. And he says, well, I gave you a fresh pair of mine. And he's like, oh, you wear Hanes 32. So there, we know that Tom Cruise is a 32 waist in that moment. <laughs> Does this matter to anybody but us that we know? Wow. Yeah. Wow. We are out of material, folks. <laughs> we have, we have, have hit guys guys it's been a fun run it's been a real fun run a real fun run you guys yeah yeah. for for any of those people out there going meeting tom cruise what is that just some jackass is talking about like tom cruise's underwear yeah here it is we got there There it is that's what it is we're talking about tom's undies that's what it is we got to it is there any other scene we can think of where tommy's in his underwear i can't think of another one how how does he not have an underwear scene in cocktail oh he's got to have a time you know who's got a good underwear scene <laughs> we have to stop. <laughs> and to anyone who's just finding this podcast for the first time because you're a big Rosie O'Donnell fan, um, we're sorry. All right, boys, before we get to Rosie O'Donnell, what? What? You're still, I'm, you're still messing with me. You're still messing what? with me. She's no, you me. interviewed her. You were there. <laughs> You saw her. You met her. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So before we get to our incredible, amazing guest of Miss Rosie O'Donnell, let's do question of the week. Alec, go for it. Well, this is a dangerous question to ask you too, but I'm going to go for it. Here we go. Here we are. The end of season one of meeting Tom Cruise. We have heard (sighs) so many incredible stories about your friend, Tom Cruise. Here's a question. What have you learned this season? Well, I want to stop you right there, Alec. He's not our friend. He's not our friend. Okay. Because we're not friends yet, right, Joel? We're not going to play that card. 
yet. Yeah, we're going to live in yet. reality, and that is that someday he will be our friend. Because if there's anything Jeff and I do, it's live in reality. Grounded is what we are, Joel, right? That's exactly right. I'm not living up in the clouds, though we're going to jump out of the clouds soon. Oh, Jesus exactly what we're going to do. But I just want you to know, Alec, that you made a mistake. He's not our friend. We need to earn his friendship. Okay? That's right. I'm sorry. What was the question right. again? <laughs> right. It wasn't a mistake. I was being facetious. You're never going to meet him or be his friend. My question was... Oh, horrible man. What have you learned this season? I don't know. Were we supposed to prepare answers for this one? <laughs> oh, come on. I didn't learn anything. I've learned that Jeff Meacham is a big-hearted, open-minded man, and I'm proud to call him a friend. Are you auditioning for something right now? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> you have watched Tom Cruise all your life, and you've, you've, you've known that he is a unique person in this world of Hollywood, in this world of filmmaking. You have now heard yeah. literally dozens of people tell about his work ethic, how he is with other people. What have you learned? Uh, I learned, uh, I learned that my love for him, uh, is, is not like, I did fear a little bit that I would maybe be, get a little bored of him in some kind of way. Like we've taught, like I saturated the market and I talked too much about him. And that is honestly, honestly not the case. Like I, Still, when I want to go run on the treadmill and I think to myself, what could I watch? Eventually, it just leads to, oh, yeah, I think I feel like watching A Few Good Men today or oh, I'm going to put on Collateral or MI6. Like, I just want to watch Tom Cruise movies. It's so films. funny when you said, I thought you were going with, when I get on the treadmill, I, I'm really inspired to be healthy and to, to work hard because Tom Cruise, no. No, 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 no. No, my, my, my health struggles have nothing to do with my love for Tom Cruise. Those are two completely different things. Though, when I do... Listen, I, 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 here's something I learned. Okay, that just made me think. Those are crazy stories that we heard from a few people about how Tom Cruise has those uh, cast and crew workouts. That kind of got me. That that, that you know, yeah. I wonder. Yeah, the morning challenges. When, when we meet him, Joe, we should ask him when he start when he started those. Never going to meet him. Yeah, yeah. My morning <laughs> challenge is trying to wake up before seven thirty. That is my morning yeah. challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get up before my kids, just so I can have some peace. Right. Yeah, that's that's that's. <laughs> if I do that, mission accomplished for the day. I'm 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 going. No, I'll tell you what I learned. I've I've learned that he is he is even less human than I thought he was in the best of ways. I I I just the dude is always on. We have not had one pedestrian story. I was thinking about this because I've been filming all this month, and like if somebody was gonna. If I were to turn the tables and somebody from a crew would say, well, what's Joel Johnson like? They'd be like, he he checks way too many baseball scores throughout the day. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like that's the deep, that's the story people are talking about yeah, with you, right? Yeah, yeah. He reads too many articles about Aaron Rodgers. They'd be like, wait a minute. I can't tell. Does he love the Brewers or the Yankees? I just can't tell. I don't know. He, he, he has some downtime and he just gets kind of quiet. Like that's not who he is. That's a, he's yeah. just always on. Nobody's been like, oh, he kind of kept to himself. No, no. The dude is always on. Always. Yeah. I, I, it's that sleep thing. We've heard about this with a few people. We hear this about this with Dwayne, The Rock Johnson. I, I always have to put The Rock in. Yeah. And we hear that uh, with a few of those actors out there and, and, and people that they just don't need sleep, which I truly don't understand. That's the greatest superpower you can have. You Look, grant me grant somebody else the, 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 the invisibility or the ability <laughs> to fly, whatever. I want the ability to function on three hours of sleep. See, now that's the difference between you and me. Isn't that interesting? If someone gave me a superpower, I would be, I would take to sleep even more. Like I love sleep. <laughs> you know what I learned? Oh God. Of the three of us, uh -huh. I am most like Tom Cruise. Um, in, uh, uh, what? Now, Jeff, you know me better than Joel. Please, please tell the Joel and listeners about my work ethic. 
um, that you're super strange. You only eat like one thing. You don't drink. You can't swim. Hold on. Um, work. You have ethic. weird eyesight problems. What? Work ethic. Joel you just have... described Tom Cruise's work ethic. Oh, what's your work ethic? Um, that you multitask way too yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Tom Cruise has a work ethic that, ethic that makes people around him go, yeah, come on, everybody, grab your bootstraps, let's do this. You have a work ethic where everybody goes, hey, give me that gun, I want to blow my fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everybody, Alec is very good multitasker, and we were told uh, Tom Cruise is good at multitasking. Is that what it's you need, Alec? It's not just multitasking. I work morning to fucking night creating things. It's what I do. I enjoy it. I love it. I push hard constantly. And yes, this guy, I've learned something. This guy's very inspiring. I want to be more like him. I enjoy this idea that uh, this thing we do, just making movies, making TV shows, is that important that it deserves the complete focus all the time. Morning tonight. Jeff, 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 we did it. Did you just hear that? That's, that, that's, that is the mission that of it. this entire podcast. Mission accomplished. Cut to episode one where this guy couldn't give two shits about Tom Cruise. He just said the words, I want to be more like Tom Cruise. He inspires me. We did it, Jeff. We did we it, Joel. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Can I give you the antithesis of how you're not like Tom Cruise? On the same height? Tom Cruise. No, we know that. Uh, Tom Cruise uh, has a workout ethic mm. that uh, mm. is like a professional athlete. And that man can do stunts like no one's business. Mm. You sometimes pour yourself a cup of coffee and pull your back out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The stories just go on, folks. They get better and better and better. This is, this is, this is a taste yeah, we, this was really an appetizer, season one, everybody, because we haven't spoken to a lot of people who were around him when he was younger, and that'll be interesting to learn about younger teenage yep. to 20-year-old yes, yes. Tom Cruise. Yep. Um, we're getting bigger stars, and we're going to start calling him out because, hey, the power of uh, social media worked, and here we are about to talk to Rosie. And we thank you for that, folks. A great transition, Jeff. Why not, as we as we lead into to Rosie O'Donnell, finally... How did this come to be? Let's let's tell people how this came to be. Yeah. So was it you, Alec? I had gotten my Google alert on Tom Cruise, which, yes, I do. I get a Tom Cruise Google alert. And Same. all eight articles were about an interview that Rosie O'Donnell had given recently. Which, by the way, it, she was not in that interview. This is why Tom Cruise is so famous. She... It was just a sentence about him, really. It wasn't like the whole interview was about him. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Right. This was a rosy interview, and they just mentioned one thing when about I clicked Tom. On the, when I clicked on the link, I thought that the whole thing was about Tom. Like, they they, they, they prefaced it with, it. so, tell us about your relationship with Tom Cruise. No. It's just a nope. little blurb. Right. So, I, I just thought, it, it just all hit me like, Rosie O'Donnell. All right, right, right. And I go through the mental Rolodex of, I literally couldn't name a better person to have to end the season. And this was what definitely the, you know, all of our guests have been a connection so far in some kind of way. Rosie, truly, we have no connection I to her. I just texted Jeff. And I, I think I just texted you, Rosie O'Donnell. I think you did. And I lost my mind. And then, and then what? I will then rack focus, like in the scene in Jaws, like it all hit me. I was like, you're right. We got to get Rosie O'Donnell on the show. And Honestly, I just had that effort mentality and I called her out on Instagram multiple times. I just started calling her out. I said, hey, Rosie, we want you. We know you're on social media. We'd love for you to be on the show. We talk about Tom Cruise and it worked. <laughs> we, we, we did think at first. Well, well, I remember where I was. It was July. Was it July 4th? No, was it, it July, was July 4th, the actual it, day? No, no, no. It was July 1st. I remember because that was, that was my first pre-production date yes. here. It was Friday, July first of this year. Just yep. a little behind the scenes action here, folks. I was, I was, 
on my way to my first pre-production uh, thing for this uh, indie that I've been filming here in New York this month. And um, Jeff FaceTimes me, which he never does. We we only Marco Polo. Marco Polo is our preferred choice of communication. And, and with and, me, he usually just ignores me. So it was different for me also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't speak to you. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, that's. This, I don't yeah, think it'd be surprised yeah. by that, but but he but he FaceTimed me and and I I picked up. I'm in the back of a cab and Jeff's almost crying and I'm like, what's going on? He's he's in the middle of a cornfield. <laughs> he's in, in a field. Fucking, yes, I was where in a cornfield in India. In, I was Indiana, in Indiana, Indiana, and and he's like, Rosie O'Donnell, just message me. Full stop. Yep. Full stop. Yeah. And her message to me was somebody a plea or it was please call me and her phone number. And I was I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. I showed it to my wife. My wife and I hugged each other like the first time we found out we were pregnant. Like yeah, it was the yeah. same energy. Yeah. Like we, I lost my mind. Yeah. FaceTime Joel. Yeah. And it was weird. It was weird. Cause his kid was like hanging off the side of a barn, like dangling. Like he could have, you know, he was really, really been hurt. And he was, he was, Jeff was just going nah, to, I can't she messaged soft. me. I can't believe she messaged me. I was like, your, your kid is, your kid is in grave danger. Joel, can you believe it? Can you believe it, man? And since the barn was burning, it was all going to come down soon anyway. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to get off. There the, were, you know, there were a hey, couple man. rusty pitchforks that would have broken his fall. It was fine. <laughs> so anyway, we called her and she was so gracious and she quickly said, yes, I'll do the podcast so we're going to bring you rosie in just a moment here we're very very excited about this she's she's amazing talks about first time she met tom cruise the next time she met tom cruise tom on the show there's all there's plenty of tommy um as we go out before we hear her it's been an incredible season anyone left that you guys just want to give a shout out to we've got so many of our friends who are listening now who've actually put up with us for low these many weeks um final shout outs before we go to rosie Final shout out, uh, Kevin Anderson. Thank you for listening, buddy. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, folks, um, Alec asked us to do this weeks ago. And again, I did not prepare at all. So the only name I will say is Danielle Afiero. I cannot thank her enough for being a great friend, a great casting director. She she's who wonderful. helped us get Mark. She's amazing. She's yep. who helped uh, get us Mark Blucas and uh, hopefully many more. But uh, Danielle's just the best. Uh, Joel Fujita, one of my longest, oldest friends on the planet. Thank you for listening, buddy. Do you know who I want to thank? Who? I want to thank Jeff Meacham and Joel Johnstone. Oh, you're welcome. That's what we're going to say. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Look at that. I'm just thankful that we're done. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, whoa. Way to drop that bomb out. Uh, here's somebody I want to thank. Alex's mom. Because again, between my mother, Joel's mother, and Alex's mother, still... The only mother to listen to our mm -hmm. podcast. That's right. 25 episodes yes. so far. Yes. Is Alex's mom. Yes. In fact, my sister listens to the podcast. I'm pretty sure she told my mother that we make fun of her on the podcast for not listening. And yeah. she still yeah. has not listened yeah. to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. You know who we have not thanked in a while? Mm. Judy. Thanks, Judy. Uh, oh, thank you, there Judy. we go. That'll burn my mom <laughs> even a little more. My stepmother, Judy. All right, then. Let's say thank you all so much for listening. Let's listen to Rosie O'Donnell, and we'll be back. Uh, we'll be a, we'll, we'll return on the other side of Rosie to talk a little more. Always our wives. Always our wives. Oh, yeah, got to always wives. thank our wives. Yes. We got to thank our three wives. Yes, thank right? our wives. wives. Our thank three wives. wives. Thank oh, you, God, they're incredible. All right, wives. And now, commercials. Hi, Rosie. How are you? Hi, honey. How are you? Uh, I am in, I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven right now. 
I've been. That's I've all been, it takes. We we are so grateful, Rosie. We are so so grateful. You are getting like six degrees from Tom Cruise. You're moving up every day. <laughs> every day. You're gonna get him. You're gonna get to him. I can tell you. <laughs> Rosie, do you know what we just signed up to do? This is how. This is this is how. Uh, Crazy, I guess is the right word we are. Desperate was yeah. the word I was thinking. Desperate's another yes. word. Joel and I Desperate. are gonna we're gonna jump out of an airplane for Tom Cruise. Wow. Yeah. But but not just arbitrarily. We met the guy <laughs> who filmed his Halo jump in the last Mission Impossible, the aerialist cinematographer, and he is going wow. to video us yeah. and send that video to Tom. Well, that could be a very uh enticing thing for him since he is, as you know, a jumper. Yeah. He would jump from from planes and from buildings, you know, buildings. He jumps. He's a jumper. He's so a I jump. think that yeah. might impress him. Uh, when Joel and I were talking about the top guest, the the, the number one guest to have on the show, yeah. like like the moment in Home Alone, we said, Rosie. <laughs> We just freaked out, and all of your, uh, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, I have nothing else to say, but we have Rosie O'Donnell on the show, and we couldn't be more excited. Thank you for being yep. here. Well, yep. I am thrilled to be here. It's, uh, you know, one of my favorite topics is my Tommy, and <laughs> I will discuss him with like-minded individuals yes. whenever possible. Well, even just hearing you say my Tommy, and I went back, yeah. of course, these last few days and watched all of your interviews. D- tell me this, uh, before we get to the, the, the main question we ask, how many did, did you do just three over the course of your six years on the Rosie O'Donnell show? Do you remember if there were more than that? I think there was one that was not in the studio. Right. I don't know if that... Is that counted in the three? The, the one where he slime, yeah, the slime one, right? Uh, yeah, you know, it's 25 years ago already. <laughs> I don't even have a good memory. Like sometimes I'll meet people now and I'll say, nice to meet you. They'll say, I was on your show four times. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, mommy's almost 60. You know, <laughs> it's hard to remember. And that brings me to another fun fact about you that I did not know till doing the uh, Wikipedia research on you, which, as we know, Wikipedia says everything true. You and yes, Tommy are do. the same age. You're the same exact yeah. age. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. I, uh, he just had his birthday. I sent him a lovely card and some flowers over in England where he's filming mission impossible 28 or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but, um, he won't be back for a while. They tell me over there at the Tom Cruise central. And, uh, so I, I was happy to be able to get something to him on his birthday as the man never forgets my birthday. Or sending me a Christmas cake or my kids, you know, events, major life events like graduating from school and whatnot. He's just an amazingly charming, kind hearted man. And that's what I know of this guy. And in 25 years, you know, he's never kind of forgotten one thing. And it really is very moving. You know, I know a lot. It makes us so happy. A lot of people in showbiz and it's not always. uh you could say somebody has never missed in 25 years. Sure. <laughs> sure. Of course. Um, okay. So do this for us. Here we go. Yeah. We asked the question, tell me about your life up to the first moment you met Tom Cruise. And I'm so excited because I actually don't have any clue when the first time you met him was. So give us a, a quick rundown of your life, birth, whatever you want to tell us short amount of time. Cause really we're here about you are the vessel for us to someday meet Tom Cruise. So please go for it. I was born in Comac, Long Island, and one day in uh, my early 20s, I went to see a movie called Risky Business with my sister Uh at the RKO Movie Theater, and I went, who is that piece of... 
deliciousness. You know? <laughs> now, mind you, this was not like I was looking to jump his bones, but I just thought, look at that guy. Sure. He's yeah. like a yeah. movie star. Look at how <laughs> fantastic he is. Right. And, you know, so that's when I first saw him on the screen or noticed him. I didn't remember him in Taps. I didn't, you know, he didn't stand out. Or yeah. So here's what happened. I went to do uh, a, another stakeout with Emilio. And the first thing I said to Emilio Estevez was, oh, my God, you're friends with Tom Cruise. <laughs> He's like, no one has ever started a conversation with me like that. But yes, I am. So we became close, Emilio and I. What a funny, great guy he is and so smart. And it was the premiere of Nicole's movie that B.B. Newworth was in that I was up for the same role as B.B. Newworth. And I was there with Emilio. And he like rushed me over to him and introduced me to him. And I was just like mouth wide open. You know, I was just smiling and like, hi, like like a little kid. I had like a little kid response. And he was very nice, very attentive to her, attentive to Nicole at her big night. So I met him there and I was just over the moon. I don't even really remember if we talked. It was very brief. And I was like, you know, Emilio was laughing the whole time and so that was the first contact. And okay. I just thought in, in person, what a gorgeous human he is, you know? Sure. So then I get my show <laughs> and everyone in my life knows that I have a crush on him. You know, not in I want to get you naked and in the bed with me. More like I want you to be my friend and walk around my house and maybe <laughs> fix something that's crooked <laughs> on the wall. You know, I wanted him to mow my that lawn. That lamp is broken. I, yeah, Tommy, come on in. Listen, I'd like that mirror to be a little bit lower. And I wanted him in like jeans and a t-shirt. Sure, and, you the know, white t-shirt. Just like, yep. Yeah, yeah, totally. I and, get it. Um, mow your lawn, and famously mow your lawn and uh, serve you <laughs> and lemonade. I would give him lemonade. I would give him or he would give me lemonade. That was part of my dream. And, you know, I, I will say this, that when you have an obsessive crush in fandom on someone, and I've really had two in my life, Tommy and Barbara Streisand. Sure. And um, those are the big they ones right have there. the... Those are the big ones. They have the ability to go, this woman is a danger. You know, we better run from this person. And both Streisand and Tom have been unbelievably kind to me and like lived out that childhood fantasy of, you know, me living in Comac and sitting in that movie theater with my sister and going, wouldn't it be great to meet him, you know, right. one day? Yeah. And all these one day dreams that I had as a child came true. And, uh, it's shocking how little the people I loved growing up have let me down. That's amazing. Pe- people say to me all the time, well, must have been horrible to meet your idols. I'm like, no, it's been freaking amazing. <laughs> you know, yes. it's been one of the best things that I grew up imagining that Hollywood was this place where everyone got together every night and Bet was on the piano. <laughs> Barry was, you know, there playing for her. Bet was singing and. Liza was there and Barbara, like I had these images of, you know, I don't know, like a frat party of celebrity stars that I was coming to here in Hollywood. And although I didn't find that, what I did find was some really astounding people who were kind hearted in in ways I, I hadn't imagined them to be. To me, you know, yeah. to little old me from Coma. But that's what, what what you did, which I have to pay, I have to give you praise for on your show, was that you never strayed away from what I remember of just being a big fan. 
And that's something yeah. that you didn't see on some of the other shows after a while. And even watching you six years in, you, you still fanned out. And that's that is kind of what was it was all about for all of us watching was we got excited with you meeting somebody like Tom Cruise or Barbara. I mean, you did that huge special with her and that was so cool. That's just so cool. Yeah, but it was all true. You know, people say now, would you want to do the show again? And I think to myself, it was the right time and the right place and where I was, you know, I was 33. I had one child. I, uh, had never met a lot of these people. Sure. Yeah. Even though I had been in a bunch of movies, I, I would never have an instance to meet Tom or to meet Barbara. Or, right. So when I got the show, you know, those were my first two requests. I'm like, you got to get me Streisand and you got to get me Tom Cruise. And uh, <laughs> that poor booking agent turned white the first day. You know, here we are with a daytime show. People are getting killed in 1995 on daytime TV. And I'm saying, get me the two biggest stars in the world, <laughs> you know, but uh, we had high hopes and then we hit them. What was your first? Um, because you hear the stories. You know, I remember hearing Jimmy Kimmel on a podcast talk about at first booking anybody, you know, was really difficult. You were getting celebrities like me and Joel, maybe. And uh, <laughs> people were pretty disappointed. So what, what was your first? Um, who did you do? You remember getting somebody at first that you were like, oh, oh we got him. You know, did you get a pit or a? I, you know, somebody like that, did, did, were you pumped about? You know, we really did. We got a lot of people right away. It was interesting. The people that was were hard to convince to do it were people like Jennifer Holliday and Donny Osmond. Like, so in the first two weeks, I, I wanted those two people. Jennifer was the best thing I ever saw on a Broadway stage, her doing Dreamgirls. Sure. And Donny Osmond, a, a, a fangirl. I had the purple socks. I was in the fan club. Of I course. had all the records, you know, and and both of those people thought that I was going to make fun of them. Now, no one knew what kind of a show it was. They didn't realize, you know, it was going to be Merv Griffin. It wasn't going to be anything where we tried to get the celebrity yeah. in any way. Did they think it was going to be like a roast or something? Not really a roast, but just like a little bit more snarky, like Letterman, a little got more it, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. mean spirited. Like you weren't necessarily safe on Letterman, even though right, you're much right. safer on Johnny Carson. He, he never like would spring anything on anyone. And Johnny Carson taught us if there was egg on anyone's face during an interview, it had to be the host, you know? So right. I followed Johnny Carson and, and I followed Merv Griffin and people didn't believe that that's what we were going to do in daytime, you know? And so we got people fairly quickly. It was like lightning in a bottle. Amazing. Like people were so dying for something nice and new that uh, it felt like, the reinvention of the talk show. It wasn't really, it was just reaching back 20 years to the seventies and taking exactly what I grew up watching and putting it on TV in the daytime. Joel and I were both in college when you were doing this show. And so, and both of us were in New York city. And I remember Joel, I don't know if you remember Rosie, it was such a big deal. Your show that you would be the quote that a Broadway show would put under their title to get people to come. You saying this show yeah. is fantastic, you know, Susicle the music on. But I, I was actually, in, I was in that one. They couldn't sell tickets. And so I went in for two months and played Cat in the Hat <gasps> on Broadway while I was doing my TV show and having five kids at the time. You had oh five kids? At the time. I have five kids now, but at the time I had three kids and two foster kids. And you and were I was doing both. How do you do that? I have one. Jeff has two and we are we are fried. How do you do that? I know it's a lot. 
I recommend you both have wives, do you? Yes, yes. we do. Okay, I recommend that. And I feel sorry for the straight women who don't get the benefit of a wife. Because let me tell you, a lot of life is better with a wife. That's what I feel. I mean, there it is. There's the quote. There it is. Je- Jeff and Joel, I can't get them to post something on Instagram. because, And they say because they have kids. Whereas you had a TV show and a Broadway show. Don't do this to us, kids. Alec. Don't do this to us. I'm just throwing it out there. Just saying. We're right-brainers, okay? We're right-brainers. Um, yeah, it was pretty intense time, that Susical. But Broadway, again, was another one of my big loves. So yeah. I thought, how could we incorporate and help? And we raised the box office, and we did all this amazing stuff for them. And that was very fulfilling for me, you know, to be able to do something for the industry that brought me a destination where yeah. you were supposed to show up if you wanted to do this kind of work. And after seeing a chorus line and watching sweaty actors come out the stage door, you know, Hollywood was a vague, illusionary place. I didn't, I'd never been on a plane when I was a kid. I didn't go to, you know, California to Disney or Florida, or we were like a stay at home, take, take the car with five kids. I'm one of five kids as well. Wow. Oh my God. And we would drive to, you know, without a mom. So my dad would get in the car and drive us down you know, till he found a motel that we could all stay in that had a pool. That was our vacation. <laughs> a lot of Jersey Shore trips. Uh, mostly out to Long Island near yeah, Montauk. Yeah. Oh, you went the other not, direction. I yeah. see. Yeah, not yeah. a lot to do. Not a lot to do in those days. Yes. A lot of cor- lot of corn stands. <laughs> corn on the cob on the way out there. Rosie, just just before we get back into time, I I don't know this. We've we've done we've we've watched. You know, we we. Grew up watching this in college, as Jeff said. I mean, I, I remember there would be floods of people going out of our dorms because I was on 60th in Amsterdam and your studio was right around the corner, I believe. It was right. like yes. blocks away. People people would go and cut class and go see your show all the time. And um, I am curious. I don't know. What, what, was, what was your big break? What do you attribute to, okay, now I'm doing this? Well, you know, it's funny. You never can feel sort of where you are in the Hollywood stratosphere. You you can never figure out. I, I think even still to this day, actors and actresses all feel that kind of thing that Kathy Griffin talked about, about the D-list. You know, mm. when when her show first came out, this is such an aside and we have to get back to time. <laughs> we'll, so get when her show first, we'll get there. When her show first came out, I remember thinking, well, this is genius because obviously this woman knows there is no D-list, right? So I called her up after her father died and was sort of talking to her and came to find out that she kind of did believe in that. Like that wasn't a joke for her. She really felt that there were kind of lists of people and what group you're in. And and that uh, I was surprised to find more people found that true than not, you know. And um, I always felt like I was going to be discovered and asked to leave the room. (laughs) So the biggest, you know, like, oh, my God, that's that girl from Exit 52. Get her out of (laughs) here. She's not one of them. You know, but it was it was mind blowing. In 1984, Dana Carvey was auditioning for Saturday Night Live at a tiny little club in West L.A. called Igby's. And Mm. I was that was my main club because I couldn't really get on at the improv at the time. And so the waitresses who I was friends with, all of them said, we're going to hold the check until after Brandon Tarnikoff, Lauren Michaels and Cher. (gasps) That's who came. Jesus. Left the building. Whoa. No pressure. I'm 22 years old. I'm out in L.A. It's like 1984, 85. And they walk out of the club and they say, can we talk to you? 
tomorrow NBC is going to call you and we're going to offer you uh, a role on NBC. Well, I, of course, thought it was SNL because that's why they were there to see Dana. And I figured they're going to ask me to be on SNL. Well, no, they asked me to be on Give Me a Break with Nell Carter and Joey Lawrence. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was that was my first big break, and I thought I made it that day. Sure, that day. <laughs> that walking was it. Into a studio, I had to buy lipstick. I didn't own any. <laughs> I walked in my first day, and I was like, "I am on a studio lot, yeah, in California on a sitcom, and I'm 23 years old." Those are the moments, though. <laughs> Forget it. That was like it. You know, that was like it to me. And and ever since then, everything has felt like. Sprinkles and frosting on an already huge cake. I've I've had a career that I that I dreamed of, but didn't really know how to get there. And when I look at like the amount of stuff that I've done, I'm shocked. Even though people say, don't be shocked, you're almost 60. <laughs> <laughs> but that, what a great feeling. You know what? I know exactly what you're talking about. With Joel and I both graduated college. We went to conservatories. And uh, what they would do, a lot of the casting directors back in the early 2000s, they would, uh, some of them would kind of sweep you up. They would do like something called leagues or con- uh, consortium where you do these little performances. Right. And I right, right off the bat got an under five on all my children where I was EMT number two. And I swear to God, I thought you made it. I made it. I made it. And I don't even remember how much I remember. Those are the days too, Joel. And I don't know if Rosie, you ever had to deal with this where they would come before you could go on because you were so poor. The uh, after people would come and just sign your check off. They would say, listen, we're going to take your check because you, you owe us money to belong to the union. So you'd make no money. You'd <laughs> go on no the sh- money. no money and you'd go on the show and just go be and do in some heaven. dishes, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. And you would have. Right. Oh, of you course. If they asked happily. You. Happily to say to say, uh, you know, he's threading. Give him CPR stat. And that was it. (laughs) My first movie was Car 54. Where are you? Which wasn't released until four years after we did it. Hmm. After League of Their Own and Sleepless came out, then they put it out. Right. Of course. It was not a good movie, but it was my first time on a movie set in Toronto. And Fran Drescher, (laughs) who since has become one of my family members like that close, you know, she saw me the first day not knowing me getting thrown into a dumpster, like, you know, from like a, and, um, I'm there. I am. I climb out, you know, climb over. Okay. You ready to go again? You know? And she comes in and is like, angel, who's doing that? You get her a stunt double right now. Get over here, angel, sweetheart. You don't have to do that. They have stunt people for that. You know? And she gave them a talking to and I was sitting, where's her chair with her name on it? Like, I have a chair with my name on it. Like she took care of me like right under her wing in this kind of big sister way. Love that. That It was so amazing. But I remember when they said, do you mind getting thrown in the dumpster? I didn't know you could say no. (laughs) You know, I was like, sure, if that's what you need. I'm in the movies now. You know, we got to get to Tom Cruise. But I do have one more question. We'll ask that right after this. Okay, Rosie, I I can't help it. I have to listen. Here's my a quick thing about a league of their own because I have to ask you one more thing before we get timing. When my wife was pregnant with our first child, she's in the third trimester and uh, emotional to say the least, among a million things (laughs) happening to her poor body, and. Just like what I think happens to every American when you turn on the TV and TBS or TNT is showing a league of their own. You watch it. 
because it is probably the most rewatchable movie of all time. Yes. And we just turn it on to the scene when the young lady, right after you guys get the sheets to say if you're on the teams or not, right? So everybody's sitting in the, on the field, remember the scene and the young, that one sweet young girl standing there and she can't read. And another actress comes up and just says, honey, can you not read? I'm sitting there and I look over and my wife is crying sideways <laughs> tears. I mean, they were shoot- and, and it, which then made me cry because I just fell so much more deeply in love with her. And th- so that just brings me to that movie is one of the greatest of all time. And what was it like to be on a set where it, it says, at least in Wikipedia, that that was your first major movie? I don't know if that's true or not. Well, the, the first one was Car 54, but since it wasn't released right. till after... People, it's that's the first time people saw me in a movie. So you so go I from Fran Drescher to Madonna and Tom Hanks. What's that like? Exactly. And Penny Marshall. And Penny Marshall. Yeah. 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 And that you know she come calls me in and goes, if you're gonna Madonna's gonna come, but if you're good and she likes you, she'll do the movie. You know. And I was like, holy shit! And I had just seen Truth or Dare. Yo. So it, it oh, was wow. very overwhelming. And, you know, my mom died when I was very young and so did Madonna's mother. And then she went to the grave in that movie. And there's the name, yeah. her own name on a grave. And I had never met anyone who had experienced that kind of trajectory, you know. And when I uh, met her, that's what I said. I go, my mom died when I was 10 and I'm named after her, too. And we were like, that was when we became kind of sisters and oh my God. Uh, really bonded in a, in a way, because that's such a unique experience. But a, a funny thing happened when I had my heart attack. I had a heart attack when I was 50. Whoa. And I, yes, 10 years, almost 10 years ago, because mom is almost 60. <laughs> um, so I had a heart attack and I went to the doctor three days later, which was crazy. And they're like, you have to go get a stent right away. And they put right. me in a crash cart and they run me in and they say all the nurses were like your guy's age, maybe a little bit younger. Right. And they're like shaving every part of me as they're talking. And the woman says to me, Rosie, did daddy drop that ball on purpose? <laughs> and I'm like, it's a great I'm question. I'm naked here. You're shaving my bits and pieces and you're asking me about Lincoln their own. <laughs> they were like, well, we just wondered. So before you were coming in, they told us it was you. We have a small bet. You know, I'm like, I have no idea. You're going to have to ask the writers. <laughs> that's a great question. I mean, listen, let's just get this out of the way. She absolutely dropped the ball on purpose. And that's that. <laughs> okay, good. There she you was go. the that's best catcher in the league. She was the best player in the league. She's Gina Davis. And uh, she should have won the game. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Okay. Here it comes. Here it comes. So you meet him once. Now it's the I next. meet him once. Yep. Now what's next? Is it the show? Next time is my show. Ooh, yes. So the next time you meet this man for 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 realsies is is having is is that 1996 and we're talking Jerry Maguire Mission Impossible. He's not just the most famous person in the world. He's the most famous person in the world. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and and you do a countdown. What was that like? Oh, we did. I said we have to do a countdown to him coming. We have to show a clip every day. <laughs> we have to get all the stills of him. Yes. Get some childhood photos. <laughs> like I wanted to just make it all about him. And again, you know, no one knows what's going to happen. It was live TV. We didn't sure. edit. It was what what landed there, what out, you know? And um, live. And so he came on and everyone in the in the on the staff told me he was nervous. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Tommy is nervous. 
he me. said it. He <laughs> said it when it came out. He, he admitted yeah. it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you meet him backstage before then? No. Or was it literally on stage? We saw you. You saw me first see him live. Wow. Right there. And, and you feel he it. he hugged me. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I can't explain what it felt like. He's such a big, big movie star. And at the time, it was even exponentially yes. increased, you know, and and I couldn't believe he was there. Like I looked and my sister was in the audience. I turned and looked at her and went, yeah, risky business. You and me, the Comac movie theater. That's right. That's what's happening right now, you know. And he was so kind and his mother was there and his sister and he stayed after. And I have some great pictures of him and Parker Parker's a baby sitting on his lap playing the drums at the drum set for the where the band was. Oh and my God. he stayed late and took pictures and he was just dreamy and then sent me flowers the next day. And, you know, he had just given me those huge flowers. Yeah. And I can't even explain how much he delivered for me and my image of what this guy was going to be like, you know, <laughs> now. We don't have that kind of friendship where I have his phone on speed dial and I'm like, hey, Tommy, it's Roe. You know, we don't have that. Right. It's not, you know, when when uh, there are, are occasions where I have to be around him, like Nickelodeon, we got him to come slime me on Nickelodeon. Amazing. Like where, where we set up times that we would see each other. But um, I, I want to say he he is everything that I thought he would be. Oh. And his his mother is... His family is so tight and so so together as a unit. Everything that he can, he takes his family with him, and and still his sister does his uh, is one of his assistants and stays on top of everything. When when I call there to talk to him, I get his sister on the phone, which feels to me like, oh, it's Tommy's sister, you know, yeah, it's my my Tommy's little sister, <laughs> and um, I I just can't say enough positive about him. I really can't. What year was Risky Business? 83. 83. 83. So I was three years out of high school. There you Jeez. go. When I saw him do that movie. Yep. And I was doing stand-up around the country. And, you know, the concept that I would get to know him and, you know, be able to call him a friend is is really mind-blowing to un- me. Still, unbelievable. You know, still sometimes I'm, like, with my friends from high school and my still best friends and Jeannie and Jackie, and they'll, like, laugh and go, you know Tom Cruise. <laughs> I'm like, I know, because for us, it's all like, it's all still hometown. Yes. Right? Also love that your friends are Jeannie and Jackie. Jeannie and Jackie. <laughs> so from Long Island, it's the best, you know? Exactly. You definitely knew a Gina. I'm sure you knew a Gina somewhere. Oh my <laughs> God. So many Ginas in uh, Long Island. Can I ask, a lot of people have, a lot of people obviously have talked about literally the air changing you know when he walks into a room and just everything there is a magic does it is that still true for you is he still is is he just tommy now or is there always still tom cruise in the air for you you know it's funny ever since he came on my show i feel like he's my tommy you know (laughs) when i go to see his movies i'm overwhelmed with you know his perfectionism and you know, then you hear the stories of, by the way, he did jump out of that row boat and he did save three children during the break between lunch and dinner. You know, I mean, like he would jump like you would read these stories. Some of them are not true because sometimes I would call his assistant and say, 
Did he really get in the in the shark in the tank with the sh- or what? No, he didn't. Rosie, stop reading those things. You know, but, uh, you know he. I don't know. He lives up to to the dream of him. Yeah, for me, you know, and um, the, all, all I can tell people is what I know of him, and what I know of him is is a, the greatest heart and the kindest guy, you know, and you know, I I think that. Uh, he'll go down in history as one of the biggest movie stars ever, you know, like Clark Gable and yeah, all, all of those huge movie stars that were Fred Astaire untouchable yeah. in the old yeah. days. He has that kind of panache. The only people that I ever saw that room thing that you were talking about, he walks in and it's like every eye is drawn to him yeah. is Madonna. You know, when I would go out sure. somewhere with Madonna sure. and you'd walk in a room, even like she took me to Spago the um, night of the Oscars. And as I got out of the car with her and League of Their Own wasn't out yet, everyone's going, Madonna, Kathy Bates, Madonna, <laughs> Kathy Bates, look over here. <laughs> and the funniest thing was this weekend for the 4th of July, I was at the Montage Hotel in Laguna with my eight-year-old. And she said, um, mommy, let's go get a balloon. There was a balloon maker. And the guy looked at me and said, you're that actress, right? Oh, and I no. smiled and said, I smiled and said, yes, I am. And he said, I've loved everything. And um, your misery performance (laughs) was one of my favorite. But I thought at the very beginning of my career that happened. And now that I'm almost 60, it's happening again. Me and the Kathy Bates morphing. But ever, ever since I got my hair cut and let it go gray, you know, people don't know it's me unless I talk. Right. Because like walking through, everyone's expecting like a long black hair like I had for so many years sure. on TV. And so when I walk through, if I don't say anything, I can go unaccosted anywhere. And then as soon as I talk, like Dakota, <laughs> are you Rosie O'Donnell? <laughs> <laughs> I was great in misery. Uh, who yeah. else did it for you? Was there anybody you, you mentioned those two? And, and again, it, it just was so widely known that you were such a fan on the show. Was there anybody else that that really made you starstruck? Two, two people. First time I met Florence Henderson, I couldn't believe that Carol Brady was sitting next to me. Yeah. And the one that really threw me to the point that I lost my place in the show and had to, like, snap myself out of it was. Julie Andrews, when she was sitting next to me and she put her hand in her hair, that thing that she did on the mountaintop. Yeah. She did the same exact thing sitting next to me. Hills are alive, Julie. Just like that. And I went, my head went like out of my body. I was like, this this is Maria Von Trapp sitting next to you. And you like my life became such a mixture of fantasy and then living that dream. So it, it's it's hard to know what that's going to feel like. You imagine what it's going to feel like, but what it really feels like is indescribable. You know, it's never the people that are my age, the people that are my age and younger. I, I don't have the same kind of thing of as course. before I was in entertainment. Those people who were there before I got to do what I what I wanted to do, who inspired me to do it. I, I always get a little tongue tied around. And that they were there for you. They were there to talk yes. to you. Must have Which, been totally mind blowing. Completely yeah. mind blowing. You had to like readjust your whole perspective of who you were and, and in what world. Yeah. You yeah. know, that all of a sudden the show's on and these people are coming and people are watching and and you walk out amongst 
the world and you're a different person than you were before that show started. Ugh. You know, everyone was uh, knew me and thought they were my friends. People would come over and go, hey, Rosie, you know, I watched that uh, party of five, too. And I don't think that he should have left that girl, you know, and they start talking <laughs> to me as if like sometimes people would just go, hey, Ro. And I go, yeah. I said, I'm sorry, I don't remember you. No, I don't know you. I just know that's what Jackie and Jeannie call you. It's <laughs> like, okay. So it was a definitely interesting run. Oh, I can tell you that. Amazing. And I loved doing it. I really did. But I think it was of that moment and of that place where I was at 30 years old, 33. Sure. You know? Sure. Which just seems incredibly young to have your own show. I, I mean, I'm, I'm 42 and I... Don't still feel like I'm 18, but but like that just seems so young to have your own show. That's that's incredible that 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 happened. But, you know, because my mother died before she was 40, she died at 39. Mm, no kidding. So I remember thinking as a kid, I'm going to get to 40 and retire. Right. And that's exactly what I did. And people were like, why did you leave? I left because I'm turning 40 and my mother died at that age and I wasn't parented from that age on. And I want to make sure I'm home and present. For my children that I'm parenting, I couldn't sure. justify having had such success and so much money that came with it and still making myself unavailable to my children a good percent of the time. I mean, that's a full time job. Yeah. No matter mm -hmm. what, you know, that's a full time job. You can think you can phone it in. You can't. Right. Especially when it was live TV. Right. And so I, you know, that was about as far as I could go. Six years, you know. And I was like, I'm done running. That was too long a marathon for me. Right. You know, never mm -hmm. mind. You see, like, you know, Oprah doing 30 years and, you know, all these people doing all this amount of time. It's like they're marathon runners. I was a six year sprint. <laughs> right. Sure. Right. Sure. Uh, before we go, can you think of anything else that maybe you haven't told people about your experiences with Cruz? Was there, but you know, by the time he came on the second, the third time, even those 20 years since you, you shut the show down, any beautiful moments that you can think of that just really knocked you off your socks with him or even that last show, which was so beautiful. Uh, Joel, Alec, I don't know if you know this Rosie's last show, which was beautiful. And she had Nathan Lane and a bunch of amazing brunch John Lithgow. The last clip of the show is Cruz mowing her lawn and handing her a lemonade. It's the last <laughs> shot of the Rosie O'Donnell show. And handing me a glass of lemonade, the last shot. And he was such a trooper to do that because it was pouring rain where he was. And he went and did that in the pouring rain. But what is what a sweet man. What a oh loving, God, loving, love sweet man. I just think he's the best. I love yes. him. I really do. And, you know, the first time he said, I love you to me, I was like, I can't believe this has happened. <laughs> <laughs> After like the second or third time he hugged me, said goodbye, he said, I love you. And I said, I love you too. Mm. <laughs> and oh uh, I remember like calling up everyone I know and saying this happened, you know. <laughs> I still have, I made pictures of when he and I were together, like the photographer would be there. And I would make like, you know, those websites you can go to. They make a memory box with your photo on the top in enamel. <laughs> That's what I have all over my house. And on his birthdays and stuff, I used to send them to him. Like he's like going to look at it and go, like, I want this little tchotchke box. Yeah, yeah they're on his fridge. He hangs them on his fridge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Whatever he does with it. I don't know. He probably throws them away. Do you have any more of those? Because in one of the episodes, I think the middle one in the one in maybe 98, you had, you know, at once your fandom had gone off the charts, people were sending you crazy Cruz and Rosie stuff. Everything. Everything. The hat. With Tom and Rosie. Everything. And the reason I, 
the reason I have two, um, I had two foster kids was I went to this place to visit children who are um, in protective custody because there was a tragic story with a seven-year-old girl and my son was seven and I was familiar with this place. So I went to see that girl. Mm. And on the way out, there are these two Cuban babies, the same ages as my kids, three and five. And I said, where are they going? And they said, they're going to a mental hospital because they've had 30 failed placements in foster care. And I said, they're three and five. What do you mean they had 30 failed placements? And they said, well, that's what, and there's no one else to take them in our, and I had just gotten my foster care license. I said, what's their names? And their names were Rosie and Tommy. Stop Come it. On. What? And I said, yes, this was during the show. And I said, I'll take them. And I put them in my car and took them home. Now, let me tell you this, boys, because we all have wives. Don't do that. <laughs> I would it didn't go over very well that I just showed up with two more kids when we had three at home and I said I had to take them. Their names are Rosie and Tommy. And what's the chances that I would bump into them? Like, I believe in all that kind of there's no coincidence, you know. Uh, so that's the reason I had two foster kids, because that was their name. <laughs> that's insane. That's just fantastic. Babe, it's just yeah. a it's just a puppy. I mean, when, yeah. like I see myself. Yeah, puppy. yeah no. No. Nope. Yeah, puppy would have been worse. But no, I walked in with these two kids and she's like, what? Who are these kids? And I'm like, they're going to stay with us for the summer. And she's like, for the summer. And I'm like, yeah, neither of them spoke English. Neither of them. They uh, uh, were fluent Spanish speakers. So luckily, I speak a little Spanish. And which you did with Tom Cruise, to like, which you did with Tom Cruise. Which, did I? Do you not remember that? In the second episode, you you really could speak Spanish. And it's actually kind of uh, a beautiful moment because he just keeps going. See, see, see. And you just keep <laughs> like you. You rattled off some Spanish. I believe it's in your the 1998 one that you did with him. And uh, I got to have to go pull them and watch them again. Yeah, you can find them on YouTube. You did the, the three that are on there is your first one, which of course is the most memorable, famous with the love, just an amazing amount of kissing. The second one is the, the second one is the most chill one. It's the shortest one. It's only like a 13 minute interview. And then your last one, which was in 2001, uh, which is right when he did vanilla sky and he started to date oh, Penelope. Right. And that was your last one. Right. With him. Yeah. That was the last one. Yeah. I don't know who he's dating now, but I'm hoping he's happy. That's good. Yeah, we do too. We do too. <laughs> um, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. We can't think. Well, guys, you know, I was in Laguna Beach with my family and my friend leans over and taps me and she says, you have to do this Tom Cruise um, pod. My friend Jamma called me and she knows uh, the guy and they're very nice and they don't bring up anything bad about Tommy. So go do it. Oh. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. And then I Googled you and I got your names and I followed you. I'm like, they're not me, you know, because oh. you don't want to go on there and, and have people go, oh, yeah, but what about this and this? Listen, this is my experience with this man. I know and love this man. He has been nothing but generous and kind and loving to me and my family since I met him. And I really admire who he is. That means the world to us. And that is the perfect ending to our show. We will say nothing yep. else. Thank you. Yep. This means the world. All right. Thank you. We'll be right back. And as we come to the end of the final episode of season one of Meeting Tom Cruise, let me ask you guys, 
Yeah. I, I think it's possible Tom Cruise is going to listen to this episode. Really? I think after Anthony Anderson blowing up and it, Rosie O'Donnell, his true friend of many years, yeah. Rosie O'Donnell, I think Tom Cruise might be listening. Make your pitch. Tell Tom why he should be on this podcast. Oh boy. Oh boy. Here's the deal, Tom. Um, you got 25 <laughs> other, 24 other episodes to listen to. If you'd like to let, uh, for, for us to let you know, I'm freaking out. I can't do it. I'm freaking out. <laughs> can't do it. I'm freaking out. Tommy, I freaking love you, man. I just want yeah. you on this podcast and I want to wear your skin to bed. Okay. Wait, Shoot. wait. Nope. 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 <laughs> what? What? Nope. Take, Did I go take too two far? and take two. Meeting Tom Cruise is hosted by Jeff Meacham, Joel Johnstone, and me, Alec Lev. It's also produced by the same Alec Lev. Hey, Tom. Uh, my name is Jeff Meacham, and um, sometimes when I put underwear on at night, I think of myself. Hey, cut! Where- this Shit. is going in the bed. Shit. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Joel, take over. Our executive producers are Doug Matica and Dan Patrick. Our engineer and mixer is Alex Reeves for Point of Blue Studios. Hey, Thomas. Can I call you Thomas? Is that cool? Tommy? What would you prefer? Tommy or Tom? T-Bone? He's not really here. T? Hey, T-Man. Hey. Hey. T-Dog. Hey, T-C. Hey, T-C. Hey, Tom, I'm staring at you right now and you don't even know it. Shoot. Take two. My fault. My fault. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Editing by Alec Lev with additional editing by Alex Reeves. From the heart, Jeff. Just, Just the truth. He can handle the truth. Tom, if I had a uterus, I would bear your children. Damn it! Our music is by H. Scott Salinas and Matthew Atticus Berger. Hey. Hey, Tom. Oh, is that you? I didn't know you were going to be here. Tom? Hey. How you doing? Joel Johnson. <laughs> How did you not know he was going to be here? We've got him chained up. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Artwork by Rebecca Montoya. <laughs> it's been, he's been calling out. He's hungry and needs water for three days. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not know he's here? That's his corpse right there. <laughs> Executive produced by Paul Anderson and Nick Pinella for Workhouse Media. How did we get to this place? We got him dead. We got him dead. Oh, my God. We are a production of Meeting So-and-So in association with Workhouse Media. Can you just ask him simply to be on the show? Tom Cruise, we would like for you to be on the Meeting Brad Pitt. Damn it! Find us online at Meeting Cruise on Instagram and Twitter. Check out our website and show notes at meetingtomcruise.com. And you can email us at contact at meetingtomcruise.com. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating. Five stars are much appreciated. And write a review. It really helps people to find the show, and we just might read it on the air. Meeting Tom Cruise was created by Jeff Meacham and Alec Lev. Uh, Tom Cruise, my name is Jeff Meacham. This is my co-host, Joel Johnstone, and we would love for you to be on the Meeting Tom Cruise podcast. Meeting Tom Cruise is a production of the Dan Patrick Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. Not only have I met Tom Cruise, but I am your first and only guest who texts with Tom Cruise to tell him about you. I'm going to say you will have Tom Cruise on this podcast. I don't know his movie schedule, what the hell he has going on. I'm going to say September 5th, around 3 p.m. Hey, we come out and do a skydive. I'll make a little clip. I'll send it off to him and uh, see if we can get a response from him. Well, that could be a very... uh 
enticing thing for him since he is, as you know, a jumper. You are getting like six degrees from Tom Cruise. You're moving up every day. You're going to get him. You're going to get to him. I can tell you. <laughs>